The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss what customer loyalty looks like in a post-pandemic world. Joining us is Paula Thomas, who is the founder of Let's Talk Loyalty, which is a podcast for anyone who wants to learn about how to earn more loyalty from their customers. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Let's Talk Loyalty and Paula are also sponsors of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Paul and I talked about content's role in loyalty marketing, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about Web3's role in loyalty marketing. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Paula Thomas, the founder of Let's Talk Loyalty. Paula, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Great to be with you again. Always good to have you as a guest on our show. And let me say thank you again for being one of our generous sponsors. Yesterday, we talked about content's role in loyalty marketing which basically people are creating a ton of content as a marketing vehicle. And if you want everyone to consume your content, sometimes you need to give them a little push. You need to give them an airline mile. You need to give them a Walgreens reward point, whatever program you're running to get people to consume your content. It builds affinity. It shares the value that you're getting from your content and it gets people to consume what you're producing. Now, there's not just content that is being integrated into loyalty programs. There's also other technologies that are popping up. Everybody's talking about Web3, whether it's NFTs, Bitcoin, all sorts of fun ways. Let's start off for the boomers of the world and maybe even the millennials like me. Give me the description of what Web3 is and why is it related to loyalty marketing? I'm very much catching up with all of the cool kids in terms of understanding. I do know my NFTs. I do know my metaverse. And I'm totally getting a handle on exactly, I suppose, why it's relevant for loyalty. And I'll say we've been talking about it maybe for two or three years as a concept, starting with when the crypto stuff kicked off and everybody was all about Bitcoin. There was always the idea that blockchain would be, first of all, a very important infrastructure for loyalty programs. I think that's where we started as a loyalty industry, wondering if there were better ways for data and obviously the assets and the currencies that we control, manage and issue to be put into these kind of blockchain type programs. Now, that hasn't really happened as such. I do believe Chris Flyer, for example, the Singapore Airlines loyalty program does have a blockchain proposition. 
But I think Web 3.0 for me is starting to become much more interesting. And I suppose thinking about Web 1.0, we all know when it was literally a load of Yahoo pages where we all got totally lost through the whole journey of Web 2.0, where we loved our social media. But Web 3.0 for me is a much more important concept because everybody, I think, wants to realize, recognize and control their own data. We've had, for example, GDPR for many years in Europe. And as loyalty practitioners, as you can imagine, we're all about data, particularly, I guess, in a world where cookies are disappearing and you do need loyalty programs and their data. But I think what I'm starting to hear, particularly from, again, a couple of guests I've had on the show is, Web 3.0 gives a creator the opportunity to actually own an asset and to create it and to also retain its value. For example, I did an interview with a company called Flycoin. And what Flycoin are talking about is issuing a coin. And essentially what it's going to be able to do is convert a frequent flyer currency into a neutral currency which is something that I then own as the member and cannot be devalued and can then be traded. Because I don't know if you've ever seen it happen, Ben. It's very frustrating in the industry. It happened twice this week, for example, a big hotel program and also a quick service restaurant devalued their loyalty currencies. So people who had been loyal to those particular loyalty programs are suddenly going, hang on a second now, those points are either gone or they're devalued or they're expired. But actually, there is a role for things like a coin to suddenly become a value that I can retain and take out of that ecosystem. So that's one example, one use case. NFTs, I think we've all heard the crazy stories, particularly with big brands. I was hearing about Nike, for example, and some of their $50,000 trainers that exist only in the metaverse. And to me, that's an extraordinary type of loyalty. $50,000 of fake shoes. <laughs> Somebody stop me. <laughs> it's bonkers, Ben, honestly. So to me, the use cases are not clear. I'm going to be honest. But there is an appetite and a lot of hunger to explore what can we do to make things cool and collectible. And actually, I have one good example as well I can talk to you about. And I guess it's less Web 3.0, but it is super cool and techie. So hopefully it makes you all excited because I know you love that stuff. There's a big loyalty program in Hong Kong called You Rewards. And very much what your rewards would be doing, of course, is it's a coalition style program. You can earn and burn across, I think, 30 or 40 different retailers. But they are starting to use collectible stickers within their messaging application, which is something that people are really aspiring to and collecting and trading. And it's building a loyalty in a way that I think we all used to have with our McDonald's Happy Meals. You know, when you wanted to collect all the basic low-tech characters, for example. So lots of different creative ideas using the latest Web 3.0 technologies. I think that this notion of decentralization combined with a coin that can help you retain value and prove ownership that is trackable and transparent has obvious relationships to loyalty. Now, you mentioned the idea that I can take the value, extract the value out of a loyalty program and basically provide myself more assurances that the value is going to be retained. I've got, I'm making this up, 100,000 United Airlines frequent flyer miles, and they're worth a cent a mile. So I've got $1,000 worth of value in my airline miles. 
And I could basically trade those and say, I want to take $1,000 of value in uh, cryptocurrency. I can say, I want to transfer this to another loyalty reward program or use it for something totally different. I want to buy the goods and services at Walgreens who has their own loyalty program. Now, I understand the value from the end consumer here of being able to trade on your rewards programs, but I'm a little concerned for the people running the loyalty programs, for the marketers that are saying, I am giving away these rewards and trying to manage a PNL, making sure that we're retaining customers. And if I'm going to offer 100,000 rewards points and I realize that the value of those is making me upside down, when I devalue my currency, based on what you're saying, it seems like people have a way to get around my ability to control the value of that currency because they're able to exchange it. So how does the company keep control of their loyalty rewards program in a Web3 world? That is exactly the right word, Ben, because unfortunately for the brands and the loyalty program owners... For me, the whole change and the shift and the reason that we're using terminology like Web 3.0 is that the balance of power is shifting. The control will no longer stay with the loyalty program owners, with the corporations. And I do believe that that is a seismic shift that consumers will increasingly demand. So I don't expect Web 3.0 or any of these technologies and solutions, first of all, to replace any of the existing loyalty programs at scale for the foreseeable future. That is very much a long-term view. So at the moment, from an industry perspective, what we're saying to marketers is this is something you can consider. It will appeal to certain demographics. And again, we probably all have a simplistic, at least, understanding of what demographics are likely to resonate with a Web 3.0 or a cryptocurrency type reward. So I think what's important for marketing people listening to your podcast is that this is the direction of travel. This is the way consumers will increasingly expect to be recognized and rewarded, and they won't want you to have all the control anymore. So as scary as that is, we do need to start preparing for a different future to allowing people to own their own data, own their own assets, and to have the freedom and flexibility to use it in ways they never could before. Okay, so potentially brands are losing control over their own loyalty rewards programs. That seems to be somewhat concerning. Talk to me about the upside for brands when it comes to using Web3 technologies in their loyalty rewards programs. Well, as I said, the upsides still have to be figured out predominantly because most people haven't yet figured out the use case that is compelling for them. So I think it very much is a consumer-driven kind of bottom-up reaction at the moment rather than the brand going, here's a wonderful proposition that actually I can excite my customers with, unless you are Nike, in which case there absolutely is that brand value and it almost feels like, dare I say it, it's money for something that feels valueless and feels costless. And I have no idea how those P&Ls are being made. But if I was a premium brand, and I know it does seem to fit mainly within the luxury sector at the moment, it does seem to be very much an additional revenue stream that can be crafted and created. And I do believe creativity is important. I don't want to oversimplify. We've seen, for example, lots going on with Adidas, for example, this week in terms of partnering with creative talent. Clearly, that didn't end well. But I do believe that Web 3.0 explodes the opportunity for creativity. 
So where that leads to for brands, I think still remains to be seen. You know, I think about the life cycle of a web and then a number, and they tend to be, I don't know, 15, 20 year periods, right? Web 1.0, the AOL, Yahoo, sort of static web pages, the walled garden stage. That was the, let's call it 90s to maybe even early 2000s. And then we saw the rise of Facebook and the social media platform, user-generated content, YouTube, 2000s to 2020. We've got 20 years of this. We are just in the beginning of understanding the use of these decentralized technologies, cryptocurrencies, everything that we're calling Web 3.0. So it's early days, and maybe we can't predict exactly how these are going to affect all of our marketing activities, but we're starting to see Web 3.0 trickle into some loyalty and rewards programs, and I'm sure it'll continue to evolve over the years. Paula, that just means we're going to have to come back together and talk every, I don't know, quarter or so for the next 20 years. Sound good to you? I'm totally in, Ben. Looking forward to it. All right. That's a hard commitment from Paula, and we're excited to have her back on the show next quarter. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Paula Thomas, the founder of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like to get in touch with Paula, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can visit her website, which is letstalkloyalty.com. Or of course, you can find the Let's Talk Loyalty podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including the podcast app that you're listening to right now. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.